We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted the film show. You're listening to Unscripted the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Look alive, people. We've got a big show. <laughs> Look alive. Look alive. Look alive. I was like, you start the show and I'm like just way back here, just like <laughs> nowhere near a microphone. Oh. You are listening to Unscript tonight, uh, Cecilia <laughs> Lewis, the coughing dog, and Rachel. Um, welcome, Unscript tonight. Mm-hmm. Poor old Lewis. He's still coughing. COVID really did him a number. Oh. But, um, oh. He's got that lingering COVID. Yeah. They, they the long about. COVID. The long COVID. Mm. So uh, we've got lots to talk about tonight, lots and lots of films to squeeze in, but I just thought I'd say uh, it's school holidays at the moment, so I had the opportunity to go to SciTech today. Oh, wow. Which I haven't been to, I think, since I was 10. <laughs> Wowza. So um, and it included, like, the planetarium thing where, you know, they make you really dizzy mm. and queasy with all the the stars and whatnot, and they did like an astronauty thing and mm. a naughty astronaut thing. Nice. A naughty, <laughs> a naughty, no, an astronauty thing. Oh yeah, I can see why you thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you and McGregor does like a narration, and then they explain all the things that astronauts have to do and whatever, and yeah, it makes you a bit nauseous. And yeah, I had to close my eyes a few times because I get. You know, nauseous. Um, Do they have they sort of ball thing that you put on and your hair like stands up? And no. Like, oh, yeah. So there's no. a, some of things that a lot of things that we had as kids were missing. Um, there's they don't have that. They don't have that smell thing. Do you remember there was the big nose yeah. and then like you could smell different scents? Yeah, that's not there anymore. Oh. But what is there is like, do you remember that chair you used to sit in? And, See if you could pull your your own weight by sitting in the chair. They still got that. Right. Um, so they've still got a few things, and they had the Tesla coil as well. That was bloody cool. <laughs> so you know, we went in. They did that old chat, and then they did the little lightning mm-hmm. thing. It was it was wicked. Yeah. So you know, if you haven't been for a long time, it's all right. But maybe don't go on the school holidays. Yeah, is my not. tip mm, because mm. I, oh, it was too much for me today. <laughs> I'm exhausted, man. I've, I'm supposed to have a week off, right, from work, but I'm doing all school holidays stuff, so I'm knackered. You're full of activities, aren't you, this week? Oh, my God, Father. <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah. But we went to see Elemental as well. Um, nice. And uh, so I will give that a quick review. It is getting panned. Um, We're getting panned? Where's where it getting panned? Who's panning? Where are these pandas? I want to know. I thought it was you who said, oh, maybe it was Chris. I don't know. Someone said it's not doing very well. Well, financially, financially it's not doing very well. It's actually PG. It's not aimed at children, children. Mm -hmm. It's aimed at maybe like, you know, 11-year-olds and there's some kissing in it Um, and Bryce... 
Closed his eyes. Oh, cute. <laughs> he's like, he was used to be fine with that stuff, but now Chris and I can't even kiss and he's like, ew. I'm like, oh, my Godfather. He's going through that stage <gasps> where everything's icky and cooties. Yeah, and we're embarrassing. And, oh, and, oh, Mum, you're um, embarrassing me. <laughs> so the, the story is basically it follows these fire people, from lack of a better word, and they travel to this new um, multicultural hub, I guess, that's kind of like Manhattan, where clouds live together and and water lives together and earth lives together, like tree stuff, oh, right? I see, all the elements. Elements, yep. Ah. But people are not overly, like, accepting of fire people because, you know, it's a bit dangerous. They boil water and, you know, singe the trees and so people are not overly accepting of, of them. So this is where you've got Ember. She grows up in this society where she kind of feels like on the outside. And then she meets um, Wade, who is a water dude, I guess. <laughs> Surfy dude? No, I just imagine No, uh, he does have a bit of a surfer attitude though. Um, but he basically they they meet and she shouldn't really be friends with him because her dad is totally against water people because of the way he's been treated for years and years. But they slowly have this friendship grow and, you know, that's that's kind of the story. And then they have to try and save the fire area because there's like a leak that is, you know, causing water to go into the fire mm. area which would extinguish everyone. So that's your general premise. Um, it doesn't have everything you want from a Pixar film. It's it's nice to look at, and it had um, uh, Moira Rose, what Catherine, um, Catherine, 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 Catherine. I know exactly who you're talking um, but about. But I got very excited because I'm like, oh, I, I like her. Um, so it had her voice. Mm. But other than her voice, there wasn't anyone massive in there and she has a relatively small role. Catherine O'Hara. Thank you. Um, I would not recognise her voice because she put Are on, you for real? She put on such a weird voice in um, uh, Chits Creek. Uh, yes, yeah. well... So you, I'd, I'd never recognise her voice because that voice is not a voice that yeah, anyone Yeah, but has. I grew up <laughs> I with Home Alone uh. and Beetlejuice and I know that voice like... <laughs> It's my childhood, that voice. So as soon as she opened her, her watery mouth, um, I, I believe her name is Mrs Ripple um, because she's water. Um, but, yes, I recognised her voice. It was okay, but it just didn't have enough... Um, it just seemed weird. Like, because as much as you like... I get what you're trying to say, like elements get along and then, you know, hey... Um, we should get along as humans. Yeah. And, like, I see what the moral they're getting to, but I'm just like, yeah, but, like, I mean, people don't have to have kids, but if fire and water got together, how would they have clouds or, mm. would, you know, because they'd get together and make steam? Yeah. And did they have steam children after that? I think they just had uh, a lot of a lot of sex, um, and it's just a, a steamy relationship that they've got. Uh, <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily include children, right? Yeah. So um, it, it did appear that everyone stayed within their element. 
You stayed within your oh, element. I see what you did there. You know? Um, but actually, yeah. in the movie, though, you had, like, you know, trees and water and... and uh, they were and interacting. They, they were all yeah, mates with each other. They all attracted. And, and the whole thing is just, like, the, the fire people were kind of the last people to come to this new world. Mm. And... They get there and the world's not set up for them and they kind of may make their own little area but they're not, uh, you know, accepted and integrated into the rest of society. Mm. And it's they're really... They're like over the, the bridge basically. Yeah. I didn't realise you'd seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it first week it came out. Ah. Um, and it's a real, uh, you know, it, it's an immigrant story mm-hmm. um, because they come from an, another, you know, island and they're leaving, you know, their normal, their natural population and everything like that, moving to a new world. And the, the mum and dad were like the first kind of fire people to move there. Mm. And then uh, you've got Ember, who is the like a first generation person living in that that place as well. So, um, yeah, there's a, a real because the, the uh, writer and director of the film, I think they were uh, yes, you know, second, you know, second generation. generation sort of thing. So, I think you can you know see that. And for for a lot of kids, uh, you know, whose parents immigrated to a, a new country, and they were the, the the first ones born there, and so they feel a part of one world but also a part of another world as mm. well. You know, you can really relate to a, a story like this when you see it. And also they do talk about, Ember does talk about the <clears throat> pressure of, you know, having her parents sacrifice so much to bring her to this place where there's supposed to be more opportunities for her. And, you know, they've gone so through so much and they want to give this um business to her their shop to her but it's not her dream so she feels like they've given up so much for her she needs to kind of give her her desires and her dreams away Mm -hmm. and sacrifice her future life to Mm -hmm. to do you know what her parents want but um and so many immigrant children feel that as well yeah exactly to to do what their parents tell them Mm -hmm. is the right thing to do to be successful Mm. and not to follow their passions and stuff like that. So Yeah, so it definitely will, um, you know, ring true to a lot of people. I think Bryce probably enjoyed it slightly more than I did. Mm. Um, I'm going to give it, uh, oh, I had something for this, three tempered glass vases or vases (laughs) or jugs. Um, I, I think it's going to find its audience when it gets to Disney Plus. Yeah, uh, I think the reason it's not made as much money as it should have done is because people know it's going to be on Disney Plus very yes, soon. Yes, I think a lot. I think that's that mm. is what's happening. Uh, it was nice to see it on the big screen, though. Um, mm. We went and saw it with with one of Bryce's friends, who's quite the chatterbox, and so Bryce had to keep shushing him through the movie. Mm-hmm. Well educated, my child. Um, so Bryce gave it four out of five. He said needed just one more step to, you know, it just wasn't <laughs> quite there. I'm like, oh man, you just grown up around me, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's you've got one more week of school holidays if you want to go and see that because it's all right. It's good. I like it. Mm. Um, we might play a couple of sponsors and come back with um, some more movies. We do have Joyride, Insidious, Mission Impossible, New Boy. I mean, it's a big, it's a big night, so we've got to get on with it. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. On- I'll have you know, Lewis, mm. I'm trying to write down times and what we're talking about, really important stuff, mm. so that when we... Um, your our lovely production manager um, slash wife mm-hmm. um, puts these online. She's got some details. 
So I didn't listen to what you were saying. Very, I'm very sorry. It's very generous of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh, I know I've just talked, but okay, I'm going to be quiet. What? <laughs> and Should, yes, yes. Shall we tackle another film? <laughs> I, I think the thing is I'm o- always overly conscious that I'm like, you've just been talking. You need to be quiet now. Well, I want to know. You went to uh, see Mission Impossible I on did. Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't go because I was feeling unwell. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, apparently Tom Cruise like rocked into the theatre uh, via a video screen. He did. So they had a very special setup in that uh, the, it must have been in Sydney or or over east somewhere, they were having the live premiere, which they streamed through to uh, the big screen in Perth here. So So was he actually live? He was. So while we were waiting for people to hustle into the cinema so we could start the film, uh, they were doing interviews with people who were waiting to see the film. Uh, They were, you know, playing some games and then they were interviewing, uh, of course, uh, Tom Cruise and uh, Simon Pegg and others who were in the film. So, uh, and it was also Tom Cruise's birthday on Monday. Wow. So happy birthday to Tom Cruise. But and you, uh, did, you didn't sing him happy birthday in the cinema? No, we oh. didn't, unfortunately. Should've but, yeah, done. it was a bit of a unique experience and something a little bit different, which I mm. thought was quite cool. That, um, is, that is very cool. Yeah, and then they all went into their screening of the film and um, as they went in, ours started. So it was almost like we were there. Yeah, uh, you can kind of imagine it. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. It, it is. So I might as well kick off with a bit of a review for this one, uh, if you guys are keen to hear that. Yes. Uh, so this is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. <laughs> so there is going to be a part What is two. with all these part ones happening I these know, days? I know, I know. When I say um, these days, I just mean Spider-Verse 1. Well, anyway. no, no, there's also... Uh, um, uh, Fast ten is part oh yes one. that's right yes. that's where I'm getting part that one. from yeah so it is happening 2023 is the year of the part ones <laughs> this is a film a very long film it's two hours and forty three minutes so and that is how long the uh, review is going to go for settle so in settle guys strap on in here we go <laughs> no you've got Ethan Hunt who is of course played by Tom Cruise who returns uh, as his an agent for the IMF which is the acronym for, I've completely forgotten, but missions that are impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Impossible Mission Federation. Impossible Mission Force. Force. Yes, I think that's correct. So you were very close. It's also also International Monetary Fund, I think. Something like that. But he is the guy. That's who he actually works for. He is the guy you call when you can't send anybody else and he assembles his team. So he's a bit of a rogue agent, kind of works for himself. And he assembles the same team every time. It's amazing. He does, yeah. You've got, um, you know, Simon Pegg. Uh, I'll bring up some other characters in a moment. But they embark on their most dangerous mission yet. Didn't they do that? on the last one? Well, they Things did, get, but they, they up the end to this do. one. Uh, this time they're tracking down a terrifying new weapon that threatens all of humanity before it falls into the wrong hands. So some bad guys are after this, so he has to get to it first. Uh, but there's two keys that unlock this uh, weapon. They don't know what this weapon is. They don't know where it is. They just know that they need two keys to 
to unlock it. Right back um, at you. Two keys. Uh, but you do have a stellar cast in this uh, film. You've got, let me bring up my list of people here because I didn't prepare it earlier. Uh, you've got Hayley Atwell, uh, Rebecca awesome. Ferguson, and then Vanessa Kirby as well uh, as, yeah, Simon Peck, who plays Benji Dunn, who is, you know, Ethan Hunt's uh, accomplice with his mission. So. Per usual, it's all action-packed. The plot is completely impossible. But you've got to have fun with these films. And I always say that, you know, you've got to go in, don't have, you know, too many high expectations about a, you know, plot that's feasible by any means. (laughs) We all go and see these films for the action Mm -hmm. and, of course, the stunts because that's what these films are good at. They always have one big epic stunt. Uh, the only problem I have with this is that this particular stunt was shown uh, prior to the film's release. Yeah, over, was over with and that. over and over again. Yeah, so, you know, I kind of thought maybe this was a taste of what's to come, but no, it was actually the biggest stunt. And uh, so, Why yeah, did you do that? I know. Uh, there is a pretty cool... The third act of the film is set on a train mm. uh, and it's quite fun. Uh, a train, yeah, moving and lots of, you know, getting on the roof and, you know, fighting and but things then like that. But then a week before that, Indiana Jones' Dial of Destiny, mm-hmm. big thing on a train. <laughs> I was just literally thinking that. Yeah. So, look, again, good stunts. Good action sequences and a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, again, the plot not feasible. But I think people are going to go and see. There's an audience for this film, people who have followed the previous Mission Impossible films. I think the first one was released late 90s, 1998 potentially. And Tom Um, Cruise still looks the same. And Tom Cruise looks exactly the same. He does his cool running with his arms like the Terminator. (laughs) Uh, Lots of that. Uh, But, yeah, I think... You know, overall, I enjoyed this. I can't quite recall the other previous Mission Impossible films. I know I've seen them. Well, they're kind of like junk food, aren't they? They are. They blend in and then you kind of forget about them. But yeah. you know you enjoyed them, but yeah. you just can't remember exactly what Why? happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just know you, you had fun with them. Look, I'm looking forward to the next film uh, to see where it goes. Uh, and, yeah, the introduction of uh, Hayley Atwell's character Grace is, is new to this particular film. So seeing that uh, relationship between her and Ethan. He's like 57 four. and she's like 28. Uh, so, yeah. No, I wouldn't say that I don't Hayley Atwell's 28. I'm trying to remember how, I, I, for some reason, I know the name, Hayley but Atwell's, I cannot place her in Hayley, my brain. Hayley Atwell's 41. Like, you know, that's a... Yeah, that's almost age appropriate for. Oh, oh gosh, of course I well, know Tom that Cruise person. Is sixty, isn't he? Yes, uh, sixty, sixty-one. That's something ridiculous. Like that. I know he looks really good. He's he's aging backwards, that man. But uh, that's I, I because of... he's he's putting all that special Scientology juice on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm promoting it, guys. Oh, dear. Yeah. So go and check it out on the big screen. It's a lot of fun. Uh, part two is set to release uh, next year, so we don't have to wait too long for that one. Uh, I just I just had a thought. You know, a few, like, I was going to say episodes ago, but a few Mission Impossibles ago, mm. they had a mask, like a, a Tom Cruise mask. Is yeah. it possible he's wearing that full time? Oh, maybe, potentially, yeah. Potentially. And the masks do return in this film. And it is just not possible that they can pull that type of stuff off. It's not a Mission Impossible film unless there's somebody like... like rips, dirt, Oh, that wasn't the right music. That was Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know I'm going yeah. for the Mission Impossible theme, which yeah. I can't do because I'm just not very musically gifted. But, uh, yeah, no, good fun. Uh, yeah. I just love it if somebody like, went to pull off their rubber mask and just accidentally pulled off their whole face. <laughs> I think that... <laughs> Face off. <laughs> uh, face off. But face yeah, off, lots yes. of uh, Classic. fancy high-tech stuff. I'm going to score this. I mean, it's hard to score a film like this because imp- it's impressive <clears throat> when you watch it because of all the action sequences and stunts and there's a lot of money that's gone into this film, but the plot is really poor. So uh. I think that aside, I've got to give it a four just for funsies. So I'm going to give it four, four parachutes. Four parachutes. Well, that makes sense. Not not motorbikes. Not motorbikes. Four parachutes. But, yes, in cinemas now. Go and see it. Uh, and, yeah, get your Mission Impossible on, people. Darn it. No, I can't do it. I can't it's okay. It. You know what? I found it on the computer. <laughs> because y'all don't have your headphones on, only I can hear it and our audience. But for some reason, it just reminds me of... Um, I want to say Austin Powers. It does, yes. <laughs> does remind me of Austin Powers too. <laughs> oh, well. Should we move on to something more scary? Uh, we, we, we can do uh, if you if you want, wanted to do that now. Um, if you, oh, were you, Are you not ready? No, no. I, well, I'll tell you about the hilarity that I ensued. I ensued? That ensued last night. So uh, as you know, I may have talked about this in previous episodes. Um, I went to a Mean Girls um, quiz night last night and I kept meaning to watch the movie before I went to see it, uh, went to the quiz night thinking, Mm. you know, I need a bit of a refresher and was not streaming on any services that I had currently and I could not find my DVD. Maybe I don't own one. Not good to hear. But anyway, so I didn't get around to watching it. And then I sat down with my table of eight. They were friends of friends, so I only knew a couple of them. And two of them had never seen it. (laughs) The person who organised it didn't realise that the quiz night was about the movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's just about mean people, mean girls that they know. I'm like, what did you think it was about? (laughs) So um, out of the eight people there, um, my friend Annabelle had gone online and like searched some stuff, but basically no one had seen it for 20 odd years. I've seen it a lot. So I'm like, okay, it's all on me, right? (laughs) And the first round I'm like, man, I'm killing this. Like the answers were like right there and I'm like, wow. So I'm like, yeah, I got at least, you know, six in that first round. I was so proud of myself. I'm like, oh, maybe we're not going to be doing so bad and then it progressively got worse (laughs) um and i i we did very poorly um and we got the wooden spoon (laughs) oh dear me so and they you know they announce all the the you know the numbers and all the names like the names are always like that's why you go you want to hear everyone's name and um we were the french version of of mean girls mean girls in french because we had a couple of frenchies on our thing um so instead of answering the the answers correctly because we really didn't know what they were we're just like oh let's make the table next to us laugh and some of the answers i put in i can't repeat some of them um (laughs) But, yeah, one of the questions was, like, what was the final answer in the mathletes, you know, competition? I'm just like, what is the number of people involved in a menage a trois? And, of course, I'm like, I can't spell menage a trois. So I'm like, oi, Frenchie, can you... Um, 
It's all right. She's my mate. She's, it's all good. Uh, so I'm like, you need to write menage trois. And then she's like writing it down like, why do we need this? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just writing a random answer. So the team next to us, their team name was... We're not a regular team. We're a cool team. <laughs> and they got the highest score. So they won and they were marking ours and we were marking theirs. And Ooh. we're like, I got theirs to mark. And I'm like, well, they just got 30, 28 out of 30. So I don't think we're going to win this, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty funny. I'm like, yeah. But anyway. Wow. That sounds fun. Who would have remembered the mathletes question, though? I know. some, And everyone came. It, there was so much pink. Mm. You know, everyone was dressed in pink. And then some people, like, really went all out and did costume. And then they were walking around with a microphone getting people to do their impersonations of characters. Oh. And one chick knew the whole rap that oh, I can't, oh, wow. the mathlete guy does at one point. And I'm like, these people have got too much time on their hands. Hardcore uh, fans. I, I'm going to guess the uh, demographic for this uh, quiz night was heavily estrogen based. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I <laughs> thought were, you were going to go for an age group. Were there any, well, I mean, obviously, age group, I'm going to go 35 to 45. Uh, yeah, there were some younger people there, oh. definitely younger people there. But at my table, I, I am 41. And I often feel like the oldest person in the room. Not this room. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Lewis. (laughs) But for once, I was the youngest person at the table. And I celebrated like there was, I was like very impressed. But yeah, um, it was an interesting night. For sure. Very fun. But that was run by Bamboozled. They've got heaps of like fun little quiz nights. But maybe next time the people organising it should know what they're actually signing up for. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why are they asking so many? Who's Damien? And then there's a question about the character of Janice and they're like, oh, Janice from Friends? Hey. <laughs> like, oh, my god! No, all the questions are about Mean Girls, the movie. <laughs> I've never seen it. Okay. <laughs> there's a person who organised this, this quiz night. She had seen it 20 oh, she, years ago, right. but she didn't realise that the quiz night was about the movie. <laughs> I don't get how you don't I don't link those I, things up. I don't know. I'm going to blame it on the fact that she's French because she probably would too. She'd be like, ah, you know, I didn't understand it. Mm. English second mm. language and all that. But anyway, um, have you got your insidious details in front of you now? Well, I thought we could go to a break and oh, then okay. maybe come back and get in- insidious. Yes, yes. All right, we'll do that. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So, let's talk about horror. Is it scary? Insidious 5, The Red Door. Yeah, it's scary. It's, uh, it's, and it's good. Oh, it's, it's really good. I'm glad that uh, Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne, who were the originals in, in the first Insidious film, uh, return mm. because obviously there's been a couple of uh, Insidious films and they don't feature. So, Could you give me some background? Because this is the first Insidious film I've seen. Oh, wow. Because um, I, I actually thought this was Patrick Wilson because uh, I've seen him in the other horror... The Conjuring. The Conjuring. Yeah, so different I've... characters. I literally <laughs> yeah. thought the same thing. I've, I'm, I mean, I've seen The Conjuring, which I think he plays um, a member of the Warrens. Yeah. Is he not the Warrens? No, no. this is in a Insidious? different film, but that's why it's so confusing. Does Patrick Wilson not know how to do things that are not a horror film? I don't know. He Well, he did... 
He did. He's done some good stuff. But oh, a, he has you, done in the past. Yeah. He can get it. Like yeah. he's he's great. I'm just mean like you know. No wonder you're confused. I'm also confused. <laughs> so, so yes, yeah, so I hadn't seen an Insidious film before, ah. seeing this film. But I, I knew, knew there was like you know several before it, and there's actually like this is the fifth one. Yeah. But you had the first one. And then the rest of them have been prequels, pretty much. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Well, they kind of not prequels, but they centre around the idea of this realm that exists. So the further, the further. Thank you. Yeah. So in the first film, uh, which was released, I think back in two thousand and eleven, you've got uh, Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne who play parents, and their son suddenly becomes. Um, sick and all this creepy stuff starts happening and Patrick Wilson's character, I should really get their names, I think it's uh, Josh Josh and Renee, sorry, um, they have to help their son and uh, Josh... Dalton? Yes, thank you, Dalton. And Josh has to enter the the um, the further to save his son. But uh, they also return in Insidious two, and then three and four are kind of spin off films. Right. So it centres around the idea of the further, but it just goes into more detail about what that is. And you've got uh, I can't remember her name, but she's a very familiar face. I'll bring it up shortly. But she's a regular in these films. Uh, what's her name? The the professor person? Let's see. Is she in this film? Elise Rayner. Yes, thank you. Oh. She is kind of an expert what on the further uh, and features in in all the films, I believe, uh, as well. But it's directed and written by Lee Winnell and James Wan, who uh, you will know from the Saw mm. films, but and they're Aussie. But I remember seeing the first one. It scared the crap out of me the first film so i'm so keen to hear your thoughts about this one but i anticipate this film is set in the future where maybe dalton's older yes yes so um interestingly though that uh ty simpkins who plays dalton <laughs> he's the same actor who played him as a as a kid really oh that's so cool and i think i think she, I, I think that rachel's gonna say the same thing i'm gonna say but i'll let rachel say it Oh, he also played Patrick Wilson's son in the movie Little Children. No, that, I wasn't going to say that. That's cool, <laughs> but that's a good movie. Oh, God, it's sexy. Isn't that it? is a very sexy movie. That laundry movie, movie <laughs> uh, that laundry scene. Whoa! I mean, it doesn't have a sexy premise, <clears throat> but that bit is sexy. I was going to say that Ty Simpkins is also the kid in Iron Man 3 oh. with the potato gun. That's, and he's kid, also in Jurassic World. He's also in Endgame, where at the end of the film. Uh, you're going, who the hell is that kid? <laughs> it's like, because mm. he looks so different from Iron Man 3 to, to Endgame. But anyway, um, so in this film it is set uh, in the, the not, not a future, it's set now, I guess. Well, that's, yeah, but, I shouldn't have said that because it's set now. It's just because yeah. the first film was 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> 2006. So I think, I think uh, it came I think out. I think say it's like 10 years. So he was 10 and now it must be like eight or nine years later mm. and he's getting ready to go off to, to art college or mm. to college and study art. Um, and uh, Patrick Wilson, uh, well, here's one of the things. Like The, the film starts um, and it's showing that both Dalton and Josh, who can both go into the, the further, mm-hmm having hypnosis so that they forget all about the the further and they forget all about the stuff that happened to them during that year. Mm. 
Now, did that happen in the previous films or is this something they've introduced new to? No, they did mention this because the idea was if you forget about it, then you'll... Because they're in, the way that you get to it is in a comatose state mm, or a sleepy mm. state and like your body takes you there through an astral plane. It's all very... It feels like Stranger Things season four to me. What happens is that if you forget about it, then you're not likely to venture there ever again. So, yes, they did introduce that concept. And I think the film ends with them potentially being hypnotised ties to forget about the further. Right, okay. Yeah. So there, there's a, I must admit there's a kind of Freddy Krueger element mm. to the whole, you know, getting attacked in your dreams and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and also the, the the things attacking you in the further, trying to get to the real world and just attack life. Um, so that was, it was really uh, interesting. But so you got, um, you know, Dalton and Josh who have started to have these experiences that I can't explain because they've been like they've had that year taken away from them, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, really affected uh, Josh and Renee, who's played by Rose Byrne, their relationship. They got they've been divorced, and so he's now like you know living by by himself and having the kids on weekends and all that sort of stuff. Um, and but he's dealing with the the the, the fact that his mum died as well. A lot, a lot of things are happening, and at this time, uh, the the further's coming back into both Josh and Dalton's life. And there's this red door that plays a big part in it because uh, Josh has been told that he's got to like you know just dr- paint something that just you know comes from the deepest depths and you know, that that sort of thing. And he ends up drawing this red draw red door. Mm-hmm. It's like you know what the hell is this? And then it's back. Sorry, but it's basically recovering his memories of the incident that happened mm-hmm. back when he was ten. Yeah, um, but it's great. It's really suspenseful. Um, the, all the all the actors are you know, fantastic. You, as I said, you got Ty Simpkins as um, go back. No, no. <laughs> uh, you got as Dalton. Dalton Ty Simpkins as Dalton. Patrick Wilson as Josh Lambert. Um, uh, you've got uh, Rose Byrne as Renee Lambert. She doesn't have like as big a role in the film, like uh, you know, yeah. because the, the the film is focusing predominantly on uh, on Josh and and Dalton. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then uh, when Josh goes to college, his first roommate is uh, um, Chris Winslow, Winslow, who is actually uh, a female Chris uh, and played by Sinclair Daniels, and she's like. Pushes him to do certain things, and but it's a yeah, she's a really good good character. Although, never be black and female in a horror film. Not a good idea. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> but yeah, everyone else is kind of like secondary to the, those two characters, and everything kind of revolves around around them. But when they go into the further, it's uh, it's some some creepy stuff, and so they creepy. do they do some stuff where it's like. It's subtly creepy. Mm. Like there's a scene where uh, where Josh is sitting in a car, and blurred out in the in the background, you just see someone moving towards the car, and it's just like it's really uh, just amazing creepy. filmmaking 
to psychologically scare you. And then, admittedly, there are some jump scares in there as well. Mm. And I did go, oh, my God. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what, like, in City, I think these films are so good for jump scares. That's what they do well. And I think for me, as an old school horror fan, that's what I thrive on. Mm. Like, I love the jump scares. And I feel like I need to maybe the watch The suspense um, that goes into it, which I think is lost in a lot of horror films these days. So mm. I think that's what they do so well. Um, and the further is just this creepy place mm. just full of creepy things yeah yeah it's just oh and they're just um like investigating trying to figure out what's going on what have they lost you know and it's like when and you as the audience you know what they've lost because you saw it at the beginning of the film so it's um yeah it's it's just really well made film um and i've got a question about like the insidious ones but i'm not going to ask it on air because um yeah you should just go and see this film and you know enjoy the, the film for, for what it is but um patrick wilson's also the director um and yeah he does oh, he directs a, this one does yeah he? oh wow that's so cool <clears throat> that's really cool and like he's really good at it <laughs> i like that i think because there's that relationship aspect between dalton and him too because they've both got that power to travel to the further so i think that relationship that they have in the first film um i'm interested to see how that plays out now that he's older and like yeah well mm. it's really strained i'll give you that I could imagine. <laughs> um but yeah it's it's a, it's a really interesting premise it's brilliantly executed um yeah, I, I, I'm going to give this uh, four nightlights. <laughs> I'm so excited to see this film. I cannot wait. Um, before we go to our final sponsor, did you want to talk about New Boy or do we want to talk about Joyride? I can very quickly sum up New Boy and then we can talk a bit about uh, Joyride <laughs> if, you, if you like. Mm. Um, alrighty. So the New Boy is the latest film from director Warwick Thornton um, who's really known and renowned for telling Indigenous stories. You know, Samson and Delilah, um, Sweet Country, Mystery Road. And I have to admit, I haven't really seen uh, any of his previous work. I know who he is. I know mm-hmm. who those, I know those films. I've just never really got the, cho- the opportunity to see them. But um, His latest film, The New Boy, is set in 1940s Australia during World War II. And we meet this lone Aboriginal child played by uh, Ashwin Reed in the outback. He's only 11 years old um, and he's captured and taken to a remote uh, monastery orphanage uh, where devout sister Eileen, played by Kate Blanchett, uh, works to really instill this Christian way of life on these children and you've got the new boy and he's never named in this he's just referred to as the new boy Um, they're like we'll get around to calling him something but for now you're the new boy wow he really struggles to fit in um particularly you know in terms of you know talking because i was gonna say he probably doesn't speak english doesn't speak english um doesn't know how to eat properly do all of those things so over time as well it appears as though he possesses mysterious powers which are connected to his kind of indigenous spiritual life and this forces sister Eileen to question her faith and and you know everything she knows about religion uh so it's inspired by Thornton's own upbringing uh he was sent away as a young boy to a remote boarding school run by Spanish monks oh wow um and when watching this film it does really feel like a very personal project Mm. uh it's very long some of the scenes are very drawn out and I think on the surface, uh, it doesn't feel like there's a lot happening. I think if you, you know, scratch that, though, there's that 
you know, cultural and religion interplay. I think there's a lot of, you know, things that you can draw from that. Um, And there's a lot to say about culture and religion. But, you know, and despite the flaws, I think that it's a wonder, it's a lovely film to watch. The cinematography is beautiful. You know, you've got the Australian outbreak. Uh, Performances were brilliant. Again, you know, Kate Blanchett's always, you know, fantastic. Mm. And then Ashwin Reed, who's only 11. Um, You've also got uh, Deborah Mailman and Wayne Blair. So uh, it's, it's, a long film it's challenging because it does you it doesn't quite keep you you know engaged uh but i think you know and it is based on a script as well by um no it's not sorry it's based on his his own personal experience so i feel like that knowing that is interesting so Mm. i didn't know that going into the film i knew that coming out so it gave me a little bit of a different perspective but uh i'm gonna score this three three dunnies Dunnies. Three dunnies. Uh, it is in cinemas now. It is a bit challenging, but if you do like a challenging film uh, and Australian films and, of course, Kate Blanchett, then you will probably enjoy watching this. Yeah, my mum's going, um, I don't know if oh, it's cool. this weekend or what, but she's going to go see that film. Uh, anyway, we will play our last sponsor and we'll be coming back with the, uh, I would say, hands down funniest film uh, of tonight. So <laughs> stay tuned. So... Uh, Cecilia and I went to see a film. We were exceptionally happy that it was only an hour and a half long because sometimes you go to films after work, you're knackered. Um, so you're like, this better be worth it. And boy, was it ever. Um, <laughs> Joyride follows. Um, it, it's initially, um, when you see the trailers, it, it shows you like they're going to China to find um, the one of the, the Audrey's birth mum. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot more to this film than that. So initially she just wants to go to China for something for work. So she's – Audrey is uh, – uh, she is adopted. Um, I want to say they're in Texas somewhere. That sounds mm, – I could be wrong. They're somewhere in America. They're somewhere in America <laughs> with lots and lots of white people. And um, when they're, when she's young, her parents introduce her to uh, an, another young Chinese girl thinking, well, this is great. We're in a world full of white people. Let's, you know, make them friends. Uh, and they do become friends. And Audrey and uh, Lolo um, just, they grow up and Lolo becomes this kind of uh, outrageous artist creating lots of vulva-like paintings Mm. and stuff Um, and um, Audrey has spent her life overachieving and she is now about to make partner at this uh, big law firm and her boss wants her to go to China and make this final deal and once she's done that that's it, she'll make partner. Um, but she's going over with her best mate, Lolo, and she's got another friend who lives over there, um, Kat. She's going to see her at the same time. But it becomes a an adventure for her to meet her birth mum. So that is kind of how they go onto that, um, onto that trail. But, of course, it's a comedy, so lots of things happen to stop them um, getting to see their her birth mum and to make that meeting and honestly the there's a few scenes like I came home and told 
Chris a few of the scenes just because they were so funny. I'm like, I can't keep this to myself. Um, there's, there, you see it in the trailer. They get on a train and they hop in, in into this um, compartment and the chick happens to have a lot of cocaine on her and she's just, yeah, they have to stuff them in places basically to t- to hide it from the police. And then, you know, obviously comedy ensue mm. uh, afterwards. So, um, oh, that was an interesting noise. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> That's all right. Honestly, the, the character of Lolo, I feel like um, she she's kind of channeling... Um, sh- Cherry, Sherry Kohler is her name and she feels like she's really channeling Margaret Cho and, like, in the best way possible. Um, there's a lot of raunchy sex humour in this film, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was a part in this movie that I laughed so hard it was like being at Cocaine Bear. It was, <laughs> so, oh, and it was because of cocaine? No, not quite, not quite. Um, but, yeah, it was... Really, 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 really funny. It was so funny. I can't even, yeah, explain how much I enjoyed this film. And it does not hold back at all. Oh, God, no. Uh, And I think (laughs) it's definitely, I feel like this is more a female audience dominated film. Oh, yeah. Because some of the stuff that happens is just stuff that I think guys would not expect women to talk about. And I remember, I think two guys actually walked out of this <gasps> film. I Did don't they? know if you've seen them, but no. two guys. And it was after a particular scene where someone exposes themselves um, by mistake. and oh, um, They walked out after they that? They walked out after that, so two men. And I think it's because this was very, very raunchy. <laughs> and I think as a female, I feel like, there's, when I was younger and growing up, there were a lot of films about men, like American Pie, for example. Men's sexuality. Exploring their sexuality. And I feel like for a very, very long time, it was always men. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Road Trip. Um, I could name, I, I could name others, but yeah, like American Pie a million of them. films. And I felt like, and you look back and you watch those films and you think, oh God, they would never get away with that stuff today. But then you think... There was never anything like that for me from a female point of view mm. growing up. Yeah. I feel like this is that film. Yeah. But it's just come a bit late for me. <laughs> but I think that I love the way that these girls express themselves. Um, I love, I just love, the, it was so funny and it was just like one beat after another. I, I've got a new appreciation for WAP, mm. you know, the, the Cardi B song. <laughs> so I don't think I ever had sat and watched the whole video mm. to that and I, I went home and watched the video and a few different versions, like an explicit version, the clean version. I watched a conservative guy uh, watch watch it and repeat some of the lyrics because he was so upset by it and that was hilarious too. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the K-pop section of this film is... It's quite funny. Yeah. Yes. And I think that I'm they, surprised those guys walked out. Yeah. I, I mean, I, they women may not have, allowed to they have They may have walked out at, 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 for some other reason. I don't know. But I think that because these women were so candidly talking about 
you know, sex and all of those things. Yeah. Um, I just thought this was a brilliant film and it was just beat after beat and it wasn't too much. It mm. was, you know how sometimes you see a comedy and it's just like hitting you with, you know, moment after moment mm. but it's, it loses its touch? Yeah. I didn't feel that in this film. I thought it was just... I keep laughing because I keep thinking of scenes from the movie. So funny and I think that it's not going to be for everybody. Some people are going to watch this and go, oh, my. Well, there were some but- older ladies who were leaving. Um, <laughs> I think you left before me just because I had to go to the loo or whatever. And then there was people walking out in front of me and they were an, an, an older kind mm-hmm. of maybe in their 50s or 60s and they had a teenage boy with them. And I don't know that he really enjoyed that film. <laughs> I don't know. But the, the the ladies were like, yeah, I think it's more like a girls' night out kind of film, yeah. like trying to explain to him it's probably not for your age group. Um, but that would have been awkward that to sit awkward. and watch with a teenage boy because it was quite... Quite raunchy. But I think this is the problem, you see. The, the, the idea that, like, you know, if you've got a, a sex comedy centred around men, mm-hmm. that's for everyone. But you've got a sex comedy that's focused on a woman, mm-hmm. that's only for women audiences. Where... Yeah, I suppose I, I, get, I hear what you're saying mm. there, but um, he seemed too young. To, did you see the, the teenager that I was talking about? No, I didn't. Oh, I thought he was maybe like 13 or yeah, 14. So that, I, I felt like he was slightly was too, too young. young. Yeah. Yep. For some of the stuff in this. But I feel like this film <laughs> was did was like the American pie for women. Mm. That American I mean, pie they're not was tri- for men. They're not trying to lose their virginity. No. Um, it's just, someone's trying to hide the fact that she's not a virgin. Someone's trying to hide it. But, yeah, no, I just think that it's just a, a trip. It's that coming, yeah, it's a coming of age <laughs> Story. <laughs> I mean, I they're like um, they're they're thirty year olds, um, but you know they're still coming of age. <laughs> still coming of age. We're always learning, aren't we? Oh, but we are. No, I enjoy. I thoroughly enjoy. And a, this it's film. about friendship as well. Friendship. Yeah. And yeah. Fitting in and yes. being yourself and all of those lovely things. But yeah, I, I loved this film. I um really really enjoyed it, and I'm going to score it for. Oh, what can I score it for? Four concussed heads. <laughs> or sh- four concussions, maybe. I should four just... concussions. Um, I, I wrote down my score Ooh. just so I didn't forget it. Um, I gave it four and a half devil tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've given it away no, now. No, you haven't because that could be anything. Trust me, you haven't. From my perspective. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Honestly, go see this film. It's so, so funny. I At least I, I have an idea of what's going to be in my top ten this year. It's going to be Air. It's going to be Cocaine Bear, Joyride. Those are the ones that stick in my head right now. Um, got the Scandinavian Film Fest- Festival coming up this uh, month. So I've just been sent some screeners, which I'm looking forward to because last year I... Last year or the year before, one of the Scandinavian films made it into my top ten. So Ooh. I am excited. Um, I've got one more episode of Black Mirror. How are you going with Black Mirror? I've done two or three. Ah, oh. two or three. Have you seen the episode that's set in like the on space type thing? Oh, the space station where yeah. where the, the the guys are on Earth and in space yeah. at the same time. Yes, that's yeah screwed up. You, you <laughs> oh my god, so up. I can't wait to show that to Chris. I'm like, you have to watch this. And Josh Hartnett has not aged one iota. He How has, is that possible? He has. No. He has. <laughs> the, I think, um, the, the one where they're in, in 
Scotland or Ireland? It's Scotland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is Lock this? Henry? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's the, the whole pig thing again. <laughs> yeah, it was too much for you. <laughs> yeah, it was just, the, the just yeah. Creepy. Mm. But it's all about technology. That was about videotapes. So mm. that was... In, well, in, it's in, a kind of technology, though, because they were watching VHS, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is the old school, yeah. and they were turning it into digital. Mm. But I think it was also another meta um, thing about, you know... Anyway. We should go. Netflix we could talk about this for stuff. ages. Yes, I know. we got to go. We'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.